You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Jesus Tree, Part 12. Enjoy. Jesus Tree, talking about our supernatural family tree, and we've been talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is your best friend. He is closer than close. He's living inside of you. And He loves you with a perfect love and no one can change that. You can't even change that. Nothing you do, nothing you say, nowhere you could go could, could cause His love to diminish 1%. He loves you with a perfect love. And the Holy Spirit is in your life to help you. We need help, don't we? Whether you realize it or not, you need help. Help! Right? And the Holy Spirit is there just for that reason. He's in your life to fill you up with God's presence, God's strength, God's wisdom, God's life. And we've been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you know, it's something that's been so misunderstood. But you know what Jesus called it in Luke chapter 2? He called the baptism of the Holy Spirit the promise of the Father. Let's look at that. Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Luke 2, I'm sorry, did I say Luke 2? Luke 24, sorry about that. Luke 24, 49. Luke 24. Way to go, E. Thank you, girl. All right, Luke 24, 49. Now, this is Jesus talking. He hadn't been crucified yet. And he's talking to his disciples. And look what he says. And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father. Have you ever counted the promises in the Old Testament? I haven't, but I'm telling you, there are hundreds, if not thousands of them. But Jesus singles this one out. He called, and it says, the promise of my Father upon you, you are to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And we see that in Acts chapter 2. So he refers to the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the promise. It's a big deal. According to Jesus, I'm going to go with him. Okay? Why does he call the baptism of the Holy Spirit the promise? Because it's the heart of God. It's what he wanted all along. He wanted you to be immersed in him. And it's the promise that unveils every other promise. As in what Jesus said in John 16, he says the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to take what is mine and make it known to you. Amen. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a doctrine. It's being immersed in Him. Covered in Him. I like how the Holy Spirit is likened unto the wind. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, the, the, the promise that Jesus was referring to comes to earth. And in verse 2, it says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. We need heaven. Earth is not your home. Don't be so fond of it. We can't wait to go home. So much talk about Jesus coming back yesterday. Right? And I know as soon as someone pinpoints an hour or a day, they've missed it. Because Jesus said, I don't even know that. Only the Father knows that. Okay, if Jesus doesn't know it, I'm not going to know it. We certainly can recognize the season. We know it's close. Where things are happening like never before in the earth. 
And it's very exciting. But we're ready for him to come today, aren't we? We're not sad in the least. You say, oh, I've got so many things I want to do. Man, when he comes, I'm telling you, your dreams are going to just be going to a heavenly level. You're going to be doing things that you can't even imagine yet. So don't ever think, oh, boy, I, want, I, I don't want him to come back yet because I've got things I want to do. I'm telling you, you want him to come back. The only reason we don't want him to come back now is so more can be saved. But we're going to hasten his return by preaching the gospel. All right? So suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It wasn't a rushing mighty wind, but that's what it sounded like. Okay, it's describing it. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. See, God desires to fill your whole house, your whole person with his presence. He wants you to be immersed in his spirit. God wants you to abandon yourself to his Holy Spirit, just as a sail abandons itself to the wind. So that he can fill us and move us forward into the fullness of his destiny for our lives. We're talking about a spirit-led life. Not a purpose-driven life, a spirit-led life. It's a life that is not by your strength or man's wisdom. It's not by our intelligence or our power. I like the way the prophet Zechariah said it in his book in chapter 4, verse 6. He said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. This is the kind of life God has for you. God wants to do God things in your life. We talked about it last week. God is a little different, isn't he? You look through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, and he does these wonderful, miraculous, supernatural things. We talked about the parting of the Red Sea and, and uh, Jesus, the feeding of the thousands and the, the you know, provision coming from a fish's mouth. And on and on and on. But I want you to know, God's not sitting there thinking, hmm, I better do something really supernatural. Or wait, no, um, let's see, there, there's a sea in front of them. What should I do? I, I, maybe I can um, redirect their, their uh, what's the GPS say, uh, rerouting. We can, we can go around it. Or maybe I can uh, talk to some of my boat distributors and get them some ships down there. Or God does what he does because that's who he is. He's not trying to be supernatural. He's not trying to come up with these amazing things. He's just amazing. And he does amazing things. So God wants you to let him be God in your life. And he's beyond what you can ever come up with. And he just wants to show himself as he is in your life, in your circles, wherever you go. And it's just as simple as taking him at his word and letting him be God in our lives. Abandoning ourselves to the Holy Spirit as a sail abandons itself to the wind. That doesn't mean that the sail's not important. Your gifts are important. Your talents are important. Your intelligence is important. God has given us these things to, uh, uh, because he's equipped us to do what he's called us to do. You have unique gifts in you because God has a unique destiny for you. Yes, sir. So the wind actually needs the sail to move the boat. Right? God needs you to do what he wants to do in the earth. That's right. He needs you. 
But you know, without the wind, the sail can't do a thing. And Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So the wind needs a sail, and boy, does the sail need the wind. And boy, do we need the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 in the Amplified, the Holy Spirit says this, Don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Ever, that's all the time, it's 24-7, around the clock, I want you to be filled, I want you to be stimulated with my spirit from my throne who's living in you because you're my temple. That can be translated in the Greek, be being filled. But ever be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, people are said to be filled with wine, right? When, when their thoughts and feelings and words and actions are influenced by the wine, right? God wants you to be so full of Him that your thoughts, your feelings, this will destroy depression in your life when you fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Man has no answers. He really doesn't. When you get to the depth of it, if you keep listening to man, you'll be going to counseling for the rest of your life. That's the best He can do. And I'm not faulting anyone, but we need the Holy Spirit in our sail. Prescription drugs in your sale is not going to get you there. I'm not saying don't take them, but I'm certainly saying you don't need them for the rest of your life. There's a better way. Are we okay? We've got a shore to arrive on. And man's solutions aren't going to get us across the sea. We need the wind of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You're not afraid, are you? Are you afraid to let God be God? Of course not. He'll never hurt you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never harm you. We're made for this. We're made to live a spirit-immersed, spirit-stimulated, spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Life is like a dry desert without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's the living water that flows from the throne of heaven. Look what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 7, verse 38. He said, He who believes in me, as the scriptures said, from the innermost being, from his innermost being, will flow rivers. That's not naturally possible, it's supernatural. Will flow rivers of living water. What's he talking about? But this he spoke of the Spirit, the promise of the Father, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The disciples weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. Couldn't be done until Jesus ascended to the Father. The Holy Spirit came, right? Hallelujah. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit in you, but it's another thing entirely for the Holy Spirit to have you. Yeah. Hey. Hey. 
You can have the Holy Spirit in you, but does He have you? Have you given Him full possession of every detail of your life? We don't have time for religious games. We don't have time to win the opinion in favor of people. We need the Holy Spirit all the time. And boy, has religion talked people out of this. It's kind of like the difference between taking a drink of water and the water's in you and jumping in a swimming pool and being immersed in it. God wants you in the pool, in the deep end, covered with Him. It's a difference between John 20 and Acts 2. In John 20, Jesus breathed on His disciples. He was already risen from the dead. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. They were born again at that point in time. But then He said, don't go anywhere until you're immersed in the Holy Spirit, until you receive the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't settle for life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We need it. And we know the evidence of that. Just like, just don't settle for anything less than acts in your life. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're empowered to pray with your spirit through your tongue in a language your natural mind doesn't understand. And I know there's controversy around that, but that's the baptism. It's in all through acts. That's it. We accept it. We get, grab a hold of it. We go forward in it. Right? So being filled, being immersed, being led, being stimulated by God's Spirit around the clock is our inheritance. It is the great privilege of being in His family. Boy, we need to make more of the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's not weird. It's not strange. He's, he's, he's everything you could ever desire and so much more. He's kind of like the one that gets left out of the Godhead in religion almost. Yes. You know? Yeah, we can talk about God the Father. We know I got Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, we're not really sure about Him. So we'll just... You know, wait till we get to heaven and maybe we'll take some classes on them or something. No, it's time now to know the Holy Spirit. It's time now for your sails to be full, for you to sail across the bay, man. Whoo! Sailing, take me away to where I'm going anywhere. Sailing. I'm in my happy place, don't mind me. <laughs> Look at Romans 8:14. I love this. Isn't it good to be free? Yeah. We're not afraid of anyone or anything. We've got a life abundant to live. We've got a perfect Father who loves us and never gives up on us and is always for us. We've got people that, that need to know how much He loves them in our lives. And we're not going to do it in our own strength. Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is the badge of sonship, being led by His Spirit. It's not a purpose-driven life. It's not. It's a Spirit-led life. Boy, is there a difference. The whole, we're not driven, we're led. He leads and we follow. Yes. Amen. This requires a, a putting down of the flesh. 
Because our flesh wants to take credit for the good things in our lives, right? And wants to make it happen. But you can't make it happen what God wants to happen. You can do things that the world will give you awards for and applaud you for. But the truth is, even those things are, are by the grace of God. But the God things he wants to do in your life, man, you just can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own strength. So let's talk about this spirit-led life. Where does the Holy Spirit want to lead us anyway? That'd be good to know if we're going to follow him, right? Where's he taking us? Kansas? There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Isn't that where Dorothy and Toto wanted to get back to? I don't know. Maybe he wants us to go to Kansas. No. Where is he taking us? Do you know the purpose of the Holy Spirit is the same as the Father and the same as Jesus? Jesus revealed it simply in Romans, uh, John 10.10. 10. Into the abundant life. Why did Jesus say that? I came that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. Because that was the purpose of the Father. That's where Jesus got that. The Son got the purpose from the Father. Right? And the Holy Spirit gets the purpose from the Son through the Father. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you into a whole and complete life. That's where He wants to lead you, if you'll just let Him. He wants you to lead you into the abundant life Christ came to give you, into the fullness of God's destiny for your life. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Holy Spirit wants to take you into an intimate relationship with God as your Father. Not a religion, but where you know the voice of your Father. And, and you're stimulated by His Spirit internally. And His Spirit is bearing witness with your Spirit. And you're walking in the peace of Christ in your life. Now, God does have a great purpose for our lives, and knowing that does inspire us. It's a great inspiration. But listen, we're not controlled or driven by a purpose. We're led by the Holy Spirit into the fullness of that purpose. So don't let your purpose drive you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into the fullness of that purpose. What's the difference, stress, wearing yourself out? If you're purpose-driven, if you're living a driven life, sooner or later you're going to wear yourself out. You're putting pressure on yourself to make it happen. And there's a purpose in there. It's not the purpose is necessarily wrong. It's how you're going about getting it done. So we don't throw out the purpose. We throw out the driven part, okay? The purpose is good, but the Holy Spirit will enable you to do it. So I'm not going to wear myself out trying to make it happen. I'm just going to rest in Him and let Him lead me daily. This is such a different way of living. Such a different way of living. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you into an experience daily where you're enjoying what God the Father has provided for you through His Son. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals to us the finished work of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Facebook, are you awake out there? You doing good? We bless you in Jesus' name. You guys can like us on Facebook if you haven't already. Follow us on Facebook and Insta. 
Okay, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. This is not a man thing. The things which God prepared for them that love him. The message, verse 9, I like says it this way. That's why we have the scripture text. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this. No one's ever seen or heard anything like the thing God has for you. It's beyond your dreams. It's beyond your imagination. But you got to let him do it. Never so much as imagine anything quite like it. What God has arranged for those who love him. It reminds me of Ephesians 2.10. says, uh, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born anew that we might do those good things which God prepared ahead of time. Hallelujah. Made ready for us to live. God's prepared your destiny ahead of time. Man, a sail doesn't struggle, does it? Just, just lets the wind take it where it wants to take it, right? Hallelujah. We're not struggling. We're just full of the Holy Spirit going forward. Never so much as imagines anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love Him. Verse 10, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. But... Man hasn't imagined it. Man hasn't heard it. Man hasn't seen it. You're not going to hear this from man. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. What has He revealed to us? The things that God has prepared for us in this life now. For the Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. Verse 12, I like it. Now, this is for now, not later. Now, now we have received. Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, not wonder, but that we might be sure and certain of what he's provided for us, of the things that are freely given to us of God. The Holy Spirit wants you to have perfect confidence in his love for you, and what He's provided for you, and His destiny for you. A confidence that nothing can shake. So the Holy Spirit reveals the God's plan to us. Boy, do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And how many believers have, have been living without it? Come on, get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let, just, just surrender. Let Him have all of you. Jesus said in John 16, verses 13 and 14, this is our promise of the month for September. He said, but when he, Holy Spirit's a he, right? Not an it. He's not weird. He's not a thing. He's the third person of the Godhead. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he's the only one who can do it. You say, teach me everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit. Only He can do that. Let Him teach you. He will guide you in all truth. He's not going to speak on His own. He'll speak only what He hears, and He'll tell you what is yet to come. Look at verse 14. He will bring glory to me, this is Jesus talking, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Well, Jesus, what is, he, what is His? Well, he's the Prince of Peace, isn't he? Right? The Prince of Peace. That's both a term of authority, but prince, principle can also mean the initiator of it. 
right? He's the Prince of Peace. He's where real peace comes from. We know that word in the Hebrew is shalom, and the Greek is irene. It means wholeness. He's the Prince of Wholeness. It means untroubled, undisturbed well-being. He will take of what is mine, my wholeness, my well-being, and make it known to you. Can I really shock you? Your wholeness is number one on the Holy Spirit's list. Your wholeness is number one on His list in your life. We got to know this if you're going to go where He wants to lead you. Your wholeness is number one on His list. So the Holy Spirit, not only does he want you to experience the, pers- per- the, ex- the peace of Christ, he wants you to live in it daily. Isaiah 55, 12 prophetically speaks of what we're talking about this morning. This new covenant that's uh, the fulfillment of the, the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 12 of Isaiah 55, for you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace, wholeness, well-being. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. This is what creation is waiting for. For men and women, young people, children, uh, people of all ages to realize how much God loves them and to receive His wholeness in their lives. Man, the trees clap their hands when someone's healed. The mountains shout with joy. When people are set free. Creation is observing this. It's what creation wants. Mankind to be made whole. Mankind puts the emphasis on saving the earth. God put the emphasis on saving man. You're number one on his list. Not the earth. Man is number one on his list. People are important to him. The message translation says it this way. So you'll go out in joy. You'll be led. Spirit-led life. Not purpose-driven. Purpose-driven won't do this. Spirit-led will. You'll be led into, do we have that? A whole and complete life. There it is. I'm sorry. I was looking at the bottom. Now, did you read that? you see that? You'll be led into a whole and complete life. (laughs) That means I'm going to have to let go of religious doctrine. I'm going to have to let go of the traditions I may have held dear for 30 years. Because guaranteed you what God wants to do in your life is not going to fit into the box of your religious tradition. The wholeness He has for you can't be explained by man. Man thinks it's not possible. But he wants to lead you into a whole and complete life. That's a good thing. Why would we resist that? It's funny how people fight against this. Well, you know, God, 
gave me this sickness because he has some divine purpose in it. You know, I'm learning humility or I'm learning how to rely on him more. That is a lie from hell. That is a lie from a spirit of darkness that you need to kick out of your life. The Holy Spirit will lead you into a whole and complete life, not a sick and defeated life. But there are millions of Christians who believe things like that, who are clinging to what they've been through, and it has become their identity. And I'm not trying to put anyone down. Listen, but if you want to live a spirit-led life, you've got to be willing to stop identifying with what you've been through. Because the destiny God has for you is, is fulfilled by you receiving an upgraded identity. A new identity in Christ. So we don't look back to find out who we are. We look to Him. We don't identify with our past anymore. It's behind us. And I know sometimes it's a, it's a false way of coping, but I know it's sometimes a way of coping that we just accept things we've been through. We try and find some divine reason for it, even though there may not be any. That my loved one died because somehow God wanted him in heaven. No, God didn't want him in heaven. God wanted him to live a long, healthy, full life. The devil's the one who steals, kills, and destroys. Never been a hurricane from God. Never, never will be. He doesn't operate like that. He's good in all his ways. He's a perfect father. So stop. we've got to stop this false coping to try and understand what's going on. Jesus explains what's happening in the earth. So this spirit-led life, you're going to have to let go of some wrong thinking. Let go of some past. And let him lead you into this new life. This supernatural wholeness. We're not afraid. Man, I don't, want a, I don't want a false identity. I don't want to hold on to a belief that, that somehow I think is helping me cope with my, the tragedy I've been through. I need to accept Jesus as he is the author of life. Amen. That's the only way to really cope with what we've been through is to embrace Christ as he is and let him do what he wants to do in your life. What does he want to do in your life? John 10.10. 10. Yes. Life abundantly. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation says this. Put that baby up there. This is about as simple as you can get. You'll live in it. You will live in joy and in wholeness. Shalom. You're going to live in it. If you're going to live a spirit-led life, you're going to live in it. Isn't this amazing? We're just reading the Bible, but we're not trying to change it. We're just going to let God be God, right? If this is his priority, who are we to say that we, we need a different priority? If he wants us whole, let's be whole. Amen. Come on. Yes. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's say, so let me say something else here. Well, let me preface it with this. Peace is your natural habitat as a child of God. It's supposed to be where you live. Wholeness, well-being, is the natural habitat for God's children. It's what we breathe. It's where we live. John 14, 27. The Prince of Peace said this in the Amplified. Peace 
And I define it a lot because this is a word that needs de-religified. Wholeness I leave with you. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being I leave with you. It's a priority to me. That's why I'm leaving it with you. It's why I came to make people whole. My own well-being, my own wholeness, I now just receive it. Come on, receive it. We're not in a church service. We are the church. Come on, receive healing. My wholeness I now give and bequeath to you. Hallelujah. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Now look how much control we have over our lives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. When you're purpose-driven, your heart's going to be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. So if my heart's troubled, who let it become that way? I did, right? It's not no shame. I can change that in a moment. Just start trusting in Him again. Right? Listen, if the Holy Spirit points out a change we need in our lives, there's no shame in that. Just adjust. Come on, let that sail take you higher. Let Him fill you up. Let Him lift you up and take you higher. He's not shaming anybody. Right? It's just a little adjustment. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. And you have to consciously determine that this is how it's going to be in your life. Because yes. guarantee you, tomorrow or the next day, something's going to come along and whisper in your ear and try and trouble your heart. And you can cry out to God all you want, but He's simply waiting for you to stand up and be His child and say, no, God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Fear, you have no place in my life, get out. I'm delivered, I'm healed, I'm strong, I'm moving forward in Christ, and He's causing all things to work out for my good. He is the provision of my life. Yes. Yes. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated. Wow. Boy, do we need the Holy Ghost. So if I'm agitated, who allowed that to happen? Some purpose that God had? No, I allowed it. How did I allow it? By listening to wrong things. Usually it's a thought. A fiery dart the enemy shot your way. And you started to entertain it. It might have been a really attractive fiery dart that made sense and was logically sound. But when you look at the promise and provision of God, it doesn't make sense. Because God is greater than any conclusion Satan's come to about you. Boy, this is good. The Holy Spirit's ministering to us. I love it. I'm so glad. Hallelujah. Yes, Holy Spirit. Fill our sails. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit. Don't let the devil have a permit to your life. His application's permanently canceled. No permits here, devil. Your application has been denied. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated. Wow. 
and cowardly and unsettled. Wow. All right then. (laughs) That's how it's going to be then. Right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Lord. In basic training, they taught us to say, sir, yes, sir. Why? No need to question it. You acknowledge the directive, and you do it, right? Holy Spirit speaking, isn't he? You know, okay, there, you know, I've known some wonderful, wonderful Christians in my life, loving, kind people, but they were gripped by fear, and they didn't know it. They, they, they had made it their friend, and they couldn't even see it. For decades, there are little fears about them and their kids and their family that they, they were just in the background in their lives. And I saw those things growing in their lives. Sometimes I knew I couldn't even talk to them about it. They were just too afraid to even hear what the Holy Spirit would say to them. Fear will cripple you. It will cripple you. It is not a friend to you ever. Ever, ever, ever. So we're not, we're not going to let our hearts be troubled anymore, right? No matter what anyone says or does. Now, this would only be possible if our source, if our provision, if our strength was not from man, but from, from heaven, right? Because man can't stop what God wants to do in your life. That's why we don't have to be troubled, because our victory is not rooted in how people treat us. Our victory is not rooted in what job we currently have. It's rooted in the Father, right? That's, why, that's when fear goes, when you know who your source is, when you know who your provider is, when you know who your strength and wisdom is, when you know the one who's living inside of you is greater than anything in this world. Amen. So as God's children, we don't allow anything to disturb our peace. Anything, ever, at any time. Boy, God really into this peace thing, isn't he? Yes, he is. Jesus talking about peace. Sounds like his father, doesn't he? Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in shalom, shalom. Wholeness, wholeness. Perfect wholeness. Well-being. Whose mind is stayed on you. That's what fear is. It's a decoy. To get your mind on something else other than Him. So that your well-being can be disturbed. That's exactly what it is. There are tactics in war to distract and to, to, to get your attention off what you need your attention on. Our attention needs to be on Him, no one else. Amen. Jesus paid full price for our attention. You will keep Him in perfect peace whose attention is focused on you, right? Because he trusts in you. So it's a trusting, loving, confident, inspiring attention. Not a fearful attention. Not a condemning attention. This is my father attention. What's next, dad? Attention, right? You love me so much, attention. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says it this way. I like this. You will keep the mind 
that is dependent on you. If you're purpose-driven, you're not depending on Him. Help me, Father. Help us to follow You. You will keep the mind that is dependent on You in perfect peace for it's trusting in You. Well, we got a new week ahead of us, don't we? I think there's some adjustments being made. This is when weeks get stressful, when we're depending on ourselves instead of Him. Come on, this is for all of us, right? We're all in different situations, different circumstances, but we're all going to depend on Him this week. Yeah. 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 Wow. I want to start something. We won't be able to finish it today. We'll finish it next week. We'll conclude it. It's just so good. Let's look at, um, oh boy. Go ahead and, uh, well, let's get one more. Isaiah 26, 3 in the Amplified. Just look at this. It's just so good. This should be breakfast for you. I'll tell you, it's lunch, dinner, it's dessert, midnight snack. It's just great. You will guard him. You're going to keep him. Oh, God's keeping you. Hallelujah. In perfect. You see that this is an agenda with God? This is a priority to him. He wants you to be in perfect and constant peace. Wholeness, health. This is not even possible to, to man. But it's your inheritance whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is depending, stayed on you. This is I like right here. Because he commits himself to you. You need to be committed. Ha! I had someone tell me that once. But they weren't talking about committed to the Father. They were talking about <laughs> mental health. Because I was talking about the promises of God. They thought, you're nuts. And you know what happened? I prayed for them. They got saved about a week later. And they don't think I need to be committed anymore. <laughs> Because he's committed to you. And he leans on you and hopes confidently in you. This is how we live now. I'll go ahead and put the message up there. May as well. We're in the restaurant. May as well finish our meal. People with their minds set on you, you keep completely whole. I, I just love our Father who art in heaven, but He's living in us by His Spirit. Amen. He's in heaven, the Son's in heaven, but the Spirit's in us. Wow. <laughs> now, the peace of Christ is our natural habitat. Let me see how I can get this in. This is so fun. Colossians 3.15, we're almost there. In the Amplified, it says, let the peace, the wholeness, the well-being of Christ, the Amplified says soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule or act as umpire continually in your hearts. And what does an umpire do? Determines what's fair or foul, right? Right? So we, if, if it doesn't promote the peace of Christ in my life, it's, it's a foul ball. Not allowed. Foul! Right? You're sitting there at your desk at work. Foul! 
People come running in. Uh, you all right? What happened? Oh, never mind. Just <laughs> Fairball in your heart. Deciding and settling with finality. This is a kicker right here. All questions that arise in your mind. Look at this. In that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live. This is where we live. In the peace of Christ. Be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Now, here's, here's what I was going to say. I think we're ready now. Well, a spirit-led life is lived by perceiving instead of reasoning. And this is big, and we're going to have to go deeper in this next week and conclude this next week because there's so much to this. But I want you to grab a hold of that and think about this this week. A spirit-led life is lived by perceiving in here, in your spirit, instead of reasoning up here. That doesn't mean we don't use our reasoning, but we're not relying on it for the direction of our lives. So we don't throw our reasoning away, but we realize that's not where the answers lie. Because if you're living up here, you, there's no end to the questions you'll have. No end. But if you're living by the Spirit, the peace of Christ will settle with finality every question you have. Now, have you ever thought about this? Back in Genesis, when God made man, I mean, he blessed him beyond what we could ever imagine. He gave the earth to him. I mean, he didn't just give him, you know, some stuff. He gave him everything. I don't know how many fruitful, beautiful, delicious trees there were to enjoy. But he gave them all. But there was only one, the Scriptures, just one, that he said, I don't want you to eat of this tree because if you do, you're going to die. What was the name of that tree? You guys remember? Don't, don't turn it off yet. This is good. What was the name of that tree? The name of that tree was the knowledge of what? Good? What's wrong with the knowledge of good? The knowledge of good and evil. Okay, here we are. Your seatbelts are on, right? The knowledge of good is just as bad as the knowledge of evil. <laughs> I'm going to explain that. This is what God said. He said, I don't want you to partake of a tree is something that bears fruit. Right? I don't want this kind of fruit in your life. It brings death. What kind of fruit? This natural reasoning where you're determining what is good, is good and evil based on your own reasoning. That brings death. Do you know there are good things, what seem to be good things in your life, but they may not be spirit things for you right now. Let me give you an example from the scriptures. You remember the prodigal son who just went nuts, right? Blew his inheritance on foolishness. And he came to his end. He was at the bottom in the slop with the pigs. 
And he finally started to come to his senses. I'm sure God was trying to move in his life saying, go back to your father. Go back to your father. He'll care for you. He'll love you. So he gets up out of the mess that he's in, literally in pig slop, and he starts to head back to his father. Let's imagine you were on the other side of the street. And you see this young man covered in slop, down and out. And you and your natural reasoning think, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to help him out. Hey, come on over here. I'm gonna, come with me. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you some new clothes. You would be interfering with the direction that he, he needed to get back to his father. But you and your natural reasoning thinking, I've got to help him. No, you've got to be led by the Spirit. There are things that might appear to be good, but they're not spirit things for you right now. And the only way to discern that is by the witness of the Holy Spirit inside. Because the devil will try and sap your strength by compassion. You can't help everybody. Boy, oh boy, is this coming from a church? Yep. Now listen, this is, I'll say it anyway. This has been used to manipulate people to serve. The whole world's going to hell and we need to serve. You need to be in church and you... You can't save anybody. Neither can I. What we need to do is be led by the Spirit. Man, if you're led by the need of humanity, you're done. Because where do you start? You think you know the need of humanity. You just know your little, what your little peepers can see. I mean, you start looking into people's needs. It is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I mean, just right here in Massachusetts, let alone Rhode Island and then you, other states, and then you leave the country. Oh, my goodness. Where do you start? Where do I put my time and energy? I've got to be led by the Spirit. The knowledge of good and evil. God knew that if we lived life based on our natural reasoning, death would be the result. I want you to live by perceiving, by listening to my spirit. Listen, there are good projects in your industry or line of work that might come up. And you say, wow, that would be a good thing for me to do. Look at the revenue that would generate. And I need the money right now. But is the Spirit leading you to do that? But I can make this, this, I can make this figure and that would pay for this and that would do this. Is the Spirit of God leading you to do that? Do you really have the peace of Christ in your sail about that project? But you don't understand what that would... I'm telling you, what God has for you is better. Sometimes God wants us to stay on the course we're on or make an adjustment. And, and sometimes a good thing comes along, what appears to be a good thing. But it's not the spirit thing for you right now. And what man says, well, okay, should I do this? Write out the list of positives. Write out the list of negatives. Do the positive outweigh the negatives? Do it. Do the negatives outweigh the positives? Don't do it. I'm going to tell you there will be times when the positives outweigh the negatives and God says, that's not for you right now. He says, no. There will be times when the negatives outweigh the positives and God says, go. Go forward. Yeah. I've got a few of those (laughs) t-shirts. All right, we're going to finish this up next week. 
It's going to be good. But that's where we're going to grow in our, our we're going to perceive instead of reason. Yes. This is where the life is. Amen. Letting the Holy Spirit lead us in the decisions of our lives. And boy, you'll be so glad you did. Father, thank you for your amazing love. Holy Spirit, we ask for your help. Help us to live a spirit-led life. To no longer be afraid, but to let you lead the way in our daily lives. We don't have to worry about a thing. We're not moved by our perceived needs or by the perceived needs of others. Your Spirit is leading us. Lead us, Lord, forward this afternoon and tonight and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. We give you every care and every worry. We cast it at your feet. Because you care for us perfectly. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.